The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Carmel, an eating disorder and addiction therapist and your coaching guide. On my show, What You're Craving, we get to the real root of your problems when it comes to food, weight, dieting, and beyond. Through honest conversations with a crew of my favorite experts and friends, we'll expand our minds, we'll learn, we'll laugh, we'll even heal. Get ready to break open and break through. I've got your back big time. And together, we'll figure out what you're really craving. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three kids and wife to a touring artist. And I'm Jessica Diamond, a registered dietitian nutritionist with a master's in public health. And this is Meaningful Living. Every week, we're breaking down the overwhelming amount of parenting, nutrition, and lifestyle information into credible knowledge and simple tools. The Cliff Notes Guide to Feeling Confident in Your Everyday Choices. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Today, we've got a really special episode. We have Dr. Elisa Pressman here from Raising Good Humans podcast and my husband, Tyler, to have an open, vulnerable, and really real conversation about spanking and obedience. No matter where you lie on discipline and obedience, this is such an important and powerful conversation for everyone to hear. So here we go. This will be really cool because, you know, Tyler and I always have conversations about parenting, but we don't often do it publicly like this. So this is kind of cool that we're doing it on a podcast. And I'm really excited about this episode. Jess and I have been wanting to do an episode like this for a while. And so Aliza, when we were talking to you, and I think this roundabout came up about obedience and spanking, and we were like, yes, we have to do this. So I'm so thrilled you're here to talk about this with us. And Tyler, I'm so excited you are here to do this with us and vulnerable and going to share with us. Well, yeah, I'm excited to be here. And Aliza, it's an honor to meet you. I love, I follow you on Instagram and uh, try to learn all I can. You're awesome. And Jess, it's good to see you as well. And yeah, this is all, this is a topic that we talk about frequently. And I was excited to get on here and see if we could, uh, yeah, just discuss, you know, maybe I could learn and grow and share my perspective and see see where it goes. Excited. I'm excited too. And likewise, and I just want to echo, thank you for being willing to be vulnerable. It's so much easier for me to talk about any of this stuff because I'm clearly like sort of coming at this from a less personal place. And I just really appreciate that. That's hard to do. I mean, I talk to parents together about these kinds of things all the time, but In fact, doing it in front of everybody else, even though we can't see anybody else, (laughs) you know that that's that's a whole other thing. But it's really a a joy for me to be able to hear your perspective and share what I what I can. And let's see what happens. Totally. Yeah. You know what we always talk about? Well, I guess I should rewind back to even before we had kids and like. We we were spanked as kids. Tyler, I think you were spanked a lot more than oh, me. Yeah. But, you know, I think we'd even see kids sometimes and Tyler would be like, oh, that kid needs a spanking. Or when we have kids, we're going to spank our kids. And it it was kind of a joke, I guess. But now that we actually have kids, we don't spank our kids. And Well, let's say we haven't. We haven't. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we don't. Yeah, well, we haven't yet. 
We have still one, two, and three, but we haven't yet. Right. And so now it just kind of brings up that topic like, wow, what what is the right or wrong thing to do? Is there a right or wrong thing to do? And and just to open up that dialogue about obedience and what we do, because it's kind of this weird concept where I'm like, oh yeah, I was spanked and I didn't like it, but I turned out to be a pretty great kid. And Tyler, you turned out great. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't think that I could hit my kid. And so I know there's different ways to go about it. So let's just start with Tyler and and hear your experience with spanking growing up. I have multiple thoughts. I can just dive in if y'all want me to. Dive in. Uh, yeah. yeah, I yeah, want I you thought, to dive I mean, in. I thought about this quite a bit this morning as I knew we were going to start talking about it. And, and I do have a lot of thoughts. And I just to give you, Haley gave you a little background. But yeah, I definitely was spanked as a child. It's probably the primary disciplinary form, you know, if, if that's a thing. And for me, it did work okay. You know what I mean? And I'll just preface my whole conversation here with, with saying, I do think every kid is different. And I think, and I saw firsthand, it worked pretty well for me and it didn't work very well for my, for my brother. You know, my little sister who came along 14 years later, I also got that perspective of, oh, she only got one spanking her whole life. I got spanked certain times in my life. I got spanked every other day. So it was like, I got to kind of see all the different perspectives from that. And, and, and then you, you become a parent. And yeah, until we became parents, I'm sure I would have said, of course, I'm going to spank my kids when they need it, you know, and, and I'm not, you know, hopefully as I got older, you know, I, I think I would have, I would say that I still want to communicate with my kids and not let spanking be a primary, you know, form of discipline. But I would have said, yeah, of course, I'll spank my kids if they need it. That being said, I think there's a difference between spanking and beating, (laughs) you know, and I think there's, let me go back a little as well, because I want to give a little bit of context around how my dad usually spanked. It was a very much a, uh, I don't want to call it a ceremonial thing, but it definitely was a structured thing. You know, I went to my room, sat there and thought about it for a minute. He'd come up there tell me why he was giving me a spanking and how much it hurt him. Pretty the stereotypical hurts me worse than it hurts you. The bite and then he would make it a little biblical and talk about the Bible, which of course, you know, I grew up in Georgia in the South. And this was, you know, I just remember as a child not liking to get spanked, but really feeling like I understood it. And in that department, my dad communicated pretty well. You know, the Bible, I'm doing this because I love you. And here's the verse. I mean, he would show me the verse in the Bible and this and that. And as a kid, I'm like, okay, I get it, you know, get my spank. And then he would sit me down and again, talk to me and hug, tell me, love me and, you know, love on me a little bit. And then we'd go on with life. And so that's probably why it worked because he did it relatively well. And I think it can be done properly and, and, and well, but again, it wasn't most of the time it wasn't out of anger. You know, it was a very non-emotional thing, or it was emotional, but not an emotionally heated, you know, event. So I have multiple thoughts about it. You know, as far as our kids are concerned, you know, lifts, there hasn't been a need for us to kind of elevate any kind of discipline at this point in her life yet. What we're doing now works well, which is basically time out or taking away privileges or things that she loves. But I think, man, I have so many thoughts about it that I, I don't even know where, to, but I, I do think the importance now as a parent, I'm like, it's when you say we're not spanking or we are spanking, I don't even think it's so much of a, do you spank or do you not? It's more about communication. Like we've already learned, like with, with Liv, if you can just explain 
a little bit more as opposed to maybe maybe how our parents did it and and the generational thing of well you do it because i said so and maybe i don't even need to explain to you why or i don't have to give you any rational or logical reasoning you just need to do it but even as a three-year-old if you can explain like last week she got caught lying and she had time to herself and she went in time out and did her thing and then we had a good talk about because she was curious well why, why is it so bad to lie you know and i was like well able to sit her down and say well it's you know lying is is really not good because when you lie you lose someone's trust and tr- and and everything's based on trust and fundamentally a relationship is is about trust and i want to be able to trust you and you want to be able to trust me and if i lie to you then you won't know if what i'm saying ever is true and so she was like oh okay you know and it really started clicking a little bit and that's just one example of when we actually sort of did it right it felt like in the moment as opposed to you know, potentially doing the ritualistic, okay, you're going to get three, you know, three slaps or three spankings or, well, you know, three licks as we called it. <laughs> three licks. <laughs> Bend over, you get three licks. So, yeah, y'all feel free to chime in. But I do, you know, I feel like we are literally in the middle of kind of processing how we want to parent and how we want to discipline. And then also not close any doors, but be open to, hey, you know, Luca may need spank. Atlas may need spanking. Luca may not. May You know, maybe some forms work better than others, but definitely making it not a, a first resort and also not making it going back to the biblical thing. You know, I, I feel like uh, really quickly, I'll just touch on it. I feel like a lot of things in the Bible can be taken super literal. And a yeah. lot of times the Bible wasn't written literally. There were parables. There were, there were examples. There were different words. There was, you know, and so every word in the Bible is not literal. And so in the verse that the one verse that says, spare the rod, you hate your child. It could literally mean the rod, or it could mean discipline in general. If you don't exactly. discipline your child, you don't love your child. So I sort of look at it, and we we sort of look at it now from a from a perspective of, hey, it's not let's go to Home Depot and buy a metal rod and make yes. sure we beat our kid every time they mess up mm-hmm. because we love them. <laughs> it's like no, I think that just means discipline and 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 raise your child up in the way in the ways of Christ and the ways that you want to live and to you know treat people and biblical principles as opposed to or boundaries or all the things boundaries or love and that is all Mm -hmm. that means but because the bible sometimes you're i'm so glad you mentioned that because i think this whole framework has to begin with acknowledging that there are so many people who are very specifically spanking for love because it's an over literal interpretation of something that is has a, a completely different way of saying it, which is what you just described. I mean, boundaries are love. Discipline is love. That doesn't mean how you define discipline isn't going to evolve over time, just like so many other parts of the Bible and just being a human. So I I love that you talked about that because without that, we alienate so many people listening because they're going, well, you're not even adhering to the Bible. Right. Exactly. And that's the main, that's, that's a lot of it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of that I find. And I, uh, I was also going to say, and then I want, I want to hear what you guys think, but from a rational and literal standpoint, a lot of the times when we're having to discipline our boys, it's because they hit one of their siblings. So it's like, Hey, we don't hit, we do not allow hitting in this house. I will not let you hit. Okay. So go to your room and I'm going to go give you a spanking for hitting. And then there's so you you can see in their brain. They're so, you know, even the idea, we haven't done it yet, but you know, 
I've joked with Haley where it's like, well, that's, you're doing exact, anytime we tell them not to do something, then we do it or they see us do it or whatever. They're like, wait, that does. Well, I thought there were no phones at the table. You know what I mean? Like what? Yep. So anyways, they're, they're really intuitive as far as catching <laughs> you and, and doing what you're not supposed to do. So, so you go <laughs> tell them not to hit, then you go spank them. They think, well, it doesn't make any sense. I'm going to keep hitting. And then it just seems like the snowball effect. There's so many nuggets in what all the things that you're saying. I started to take notes because I don't want to forget to address so much. And that was just your like opening thoughts. But I would well, I'm pretty to- much done now. Y'all have a good day. And uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, oh, I'll quit I, talking as much. No, I, I think, you know, I came into this conversation a little bit like I'm pretty standard in what I say about hitting. And it's very closed minded in the sense that I don't really have conversations about it. I'm like, full stop, you don't spank. And I don't even give as many reasons why as I'm going to talk to you about today. What I love about this conversation is just this heartfelt reasoning that is not related to, you know, there's also cultural differences. I I did not grow up with any spanking. So of course it's easy for me to look at the literature and talk about my career thoughts or the career, my vocation and say, here's what we know from this field. But it's so much easier when it makes sense related to how I was raised. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our favorite things, Audible. And if you've been here a while, you know, we both love doing things to help us learn and grow and be purposeful with our time. And Audible has been a game changer for us and our families recently. We both want to read more books, but just haven't had the patience or ability to stay awake long enough to actually read them. So we started listening to them with Audible and we're obsessed. Since we've started using Audible, we've tripled the amount of books we've read this year and we're feeling a whole lot more purposeful in our free time. And it's really refreshing to take an intentional break from scrolling Instagram. And we're so honored that they're now a sponsor of the show. And what's amazing is it's not just great for us, but also the entire family. They have amazing stories and podcasts for your family to listen to together this holiday season. From modern classic and best-selling books to original podcasts and books, they've got it all. The exclusive book, Christmas Pig by J.K. Rowling, is so good and your family will love to listen to it together. We found something so magical and fun about cuddling with the kids and listening to stories on Audible that it's something that we'll equally look forward to and it's been a nice break from traditional screen time. Liv and Luca are hooked when we turn it on and watching their little brains listen to the imaginative, heartwarming, and festive stories brought to life by incredible performers is adorable and also keeps them pretty entertained, which is also amazing. So join us, grab a hot chocolate or a hot toddy, get your family together and experience the story time magic with Audible this holiday season. Now's the time to listen together. Go to audible.com slash listen together. Listen now only from Audible. You mentioned temperament. So of course it worked for you in your mind and it didn't work for your brother. Is that right? Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And most of the time when I talk about parenting approaches and discipline styles, I'll say, this may have worked for you. So you think this approach is fine. It worked for me. I turned out great. What you want to think about is, did it work for your brother? Because chances are it's somebody in your family it didn't work for. And the key is 
that, of course, you want to fit your parenting to the child. And also, sometimes I'm interested in thinking about, okay, we can't really, you can't account for the personal, the the way you come into the world. So some kids are going to just like be great no matter what. And they're called dandelions. And it's easy (laughs) for them to grow in any environment. You can just, Mm. basically, they just need, you know, basic water and sunlight in any, you know, you've seen dandelions all over and it's super easy for them to keep on growing. Orchids and, you know, so the middle ground are tulips, they require very specific directions in a specific environment in order to flourish. And then they are magical, beautiful, strong flowers. But if they don't get what they need, they will not grow at all. They just don't emerge from the soil. And you can't change the kind of seed that was planted. So you need to change your environment. And so that's the first thing I want to acknowledge is that in general, if you're choosing a whole family and you have more than one child, you want to to individually parent and also have overall values. So if you in general are not hitting, but you have one kid where you think this kid can handle it and they need it, that's where you want to have like, okay, let me, let me ask myself more about what that means and what that will mean in the family dynamics. So that's one thing, not answering it now, more just like things to think about. Mm -hmm. And if you're a dandelion, would you have been okay regardless of getting spanked or not? Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. It probably would have been just as great now. And I don't mean great. Like you're better than your brother. I mean, I'm sure Haley thinks so, or she's, she's married to you, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean like thriving, doing okay, despite getting spanked or having struggles. There are plenty of dandelions out there who are just going to do okay. They have an easier temperament and life doesn't hit them as hard, but then I'm addressing a bunch of different things and then we'll go back to it. I hope a conversation and this is not my podcast. So interrupt me and quiet me anytime. This is, no, I love this is amazing. I just got so excited because I, I really was thinking, oh my God, as you're talking, I haven't really had, I've, I've been so finger waggy about it and not really hearing the side of, and, and I say I, but I think our whole field is kind of bad about not about saying like, this is how it is. This is the right way. And if you're doing it the other way, you're a crappy parent and you're doing, you know, like you need work. And it's not that you just, we all come from different approaches and it's nonsense and it actually alienates people. So I'm so excited to have this conversation. Oftentimes there's a lot of stuff on social media and in conversations and parenting groups in general, where I feel like it doesn't take into account parents who are, who need a solution that feels like they're proactive. And so having the acknowledgement that the spanking was intentional. It wasn't like a loss of control. Your father wasn't like in his red brain and just completely unself-regulated. No, he was intentionally saying, this is what we do when this happens. Mm -hmm. Now that kind of spanking, while I personally don't, you know, I'm still going to bend on my final analysis of all of this is spanking is unnecessary and generally leads to either worse behavior or worse relationship or covert behaviors or more aggression, blah, blah, blah. And we can get into that. 
But I think there's a bias in all of research. So I acknowledge that. And I think it's wonderful to note the difference between spanking and really, I forget the word you used, but it was Baiting. like, yeah. What was it? The licks. Baiting. Yeah, licks and beatings. A lick is a spanking, but a beating is like, that's abusive. Different. Yeah, it's abusive. There yeah. is a distinction when right. there's a, where, when there's a <laughs> conscious choice in a calm state to breathe and say, this is what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. I don't like this, but this is this, this is the chosen form of boundaries and discipline approach that I have or that we have as a family. And it's an open hand and it nobody's going to be physically harmed. So the research looks at both of those things. They look at they, this amorphous hey, research world. I love them. Looks at <laughs> abuse, which is the beating is there's no conversation. You don't beat kids, period, the end, full stop. It doesn't end well. It can't end well. And it is unacceptable. The spanking with the the way you're describing what your father did, there there is the studies that talk about that as a form of discipline. So we're not looking at abuse. You don't need to go to child services. It doesn't work. And when it does, it typically is because of what you talked about, the child's temperament. They would have been they would have learned not to do that behavior without the spanking. So so it it's sort of like when you watch television earlier and then your child comes and uses more language and you're like, no, the TV taught them how to speak. So TV is great for kids. No, your kid was a very verbal kid. And right. so you think <laughs> that the TV was giving them the language, but actually probably they would have, you know, had even better language. But you'll never know that. And it probably doesn't matter because it was minimal, you know, it did minimal damage because they just had really good language skills. So mm. it's a little bit, part of it is that, that the kids for whom the spanking quote unquote works are the kids who didn't need it in the first place. Are you the calling kids, me a dandelion? I'm calling you a dandelion, <laughs> but I find that a very positive thing. I love that. I've never been called that. You're I'll a dandelion. Take it. A really masculine dandelion. I like that. So- then there's the there's for the kids who are not going to respond well to just any old form of discipline spanking is really harmful for a few reasons one it's associated with poor academic skills and poor language skills and poor behavior in school mm. and it's, it's linked with more aggressive behavior so if you look around, check, at your, check, check, right? Like you look around and you're like, oh, it's not just about, are you following the rules? Once you, once you pull back from is discipline, is, is spanking working to get this child to stop doing X, Y, or Z? And you pull back to look at the bigger picture, what it worked for was maybe not seeing the forest through the trees. And the bigger picture, it's not working for as well. So are you a dandelion and flourished anyway? Sure. But in general, if you're looking at a, a giant room filled with kids who were spanked and a giant room filled with kids for whom parents used other strategies, pretty much exactly the same strategies your dad used without the spanking because you didn't mm -hmm. need it. You mm -hmm. got the, com you calmed down everybody's calm. There's a reason behind why you messed up and why we need to talk about it right. and what the plan is going forward. 
that's it. <clears throat> like then, totally. the, then it's done. You've already done the discipline and the spanking is sort of like, what do you need that for? You know why you need it for you, the parent to feel like you did something. It right. makes you feel like I didn't just passively sit by while my child clobbered his sister, but that's actually the <laughs> message that you send everybody in the household is we don't hit except for when I want to hit because that's my only solution for when I'm really, really frustrated with somebody's behavior, which is exactly what your child did at three years old when somebody took her Lego. So it's sort of like, and children are watching. And so children, Mm -hmm. the reason why there's research (laughs) that children who get spanked hit more in school and their peers more is because they're very appropriately and intelligently learning from their parents to do that. And it's an Mm -hmm. intentional, it's like, I, this is how I need to do it. So I think that that's another bigger picture, important point that you made, which is how are we, what are our family values and how can we get kids to believe, support and grow into those values? We have to live them and we don't get to make the exception. Now, having said that we're all going to screw up and accidentally break our own rules. That's part of being a person and no damage is done. The The research on spanking and any kind of corporal, corporal punishment that is non-abusive, but just it is physical, is that it is when it's, you know, if it was one time and you were just like, I lost my cool, this was so awful, I didn't even know what else I could do, this is not going to, of course it's fine. But it is the persistent use of corporal punishment even in a calm way that is going to have those outcomes that you're probably not looking for. I feel like, I mean, we're totally aligned with everything you're saying, but not just because that's what we believe, but because life experience, even seeing it from our kids now and really even thinking back. And I told Haley this last night, I go, you know, spanking wasn't like, it didn't make me a bad person. So I, you know, I would, again, the phrase it worked. I mean, what does that even really mean? Right, but right. I did say, but I, you know, I even said, but I'm sure there were things and I don't know if it was, had anything to do with spanking, but I was definitely not the perfect kid. You know what I'm saying? And I definitely showed out in school and I definitely had a, I always, I've always called it, an, it kind of an issue with authority, you know, and I always kind of wanted to buck the system and see what I could get away with. And I always, you know, I definitely wasn't always a good kid. And then we say that it worked and it didn't work for my brother, but what I, you know, that's so relative, you know, I mean, yeah. what does even worked really mean? I mean, it may have actually worked for my brother and it just looks different, you know, or it yeah. may have not worked for either one of us. And, and again, I don't think it worked or doesn't work. I think it was done relatively well in my house, but I, but I'm so aligned with what you, what, what you're saying, especially now with, with parenting and realizing that, oh, we have more than one option. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we don't have to, because you said something that resonated where it was like, you don't do it for the kids. You do it for yourself and you do it but so you can make yourself feel like you're doing the right thing or being a good parent or being the authoritative, you know, the how the leader and the this and that. And, and, and let's just throw this out there for grace for everyone. It's natural. I don't think this is something most people study. I think it's like whatever you, whatever you, whatever you learned and grew up doing, like there's no right or wrong. I think it's just important to have these conversations and then learn and grow and say, okay, there's actually, there's freedom in knowing for me, I don't have to feel like, oh, I either spanked my kids or I was a bad parent. It can Mm -hmm. actually be, no, there's multiple. Let's just educate ourselves and talk about it and figure out what disciplinary form works best for each kid. And then, yeah, then knowing, I mean, obviously we could 
at this point set a boundary and say, no, let's make it a goal to discipline without spanking. See, you know, the, Tyler, see the alternative. Yeah. And something that you said that I think is so powerful is that when we can talk about this with removing the shame, removing the judgment, right? And actually really having a conversation about this. Parents, when we're talking about the non-abuse, right? We're talking about a place where parents are trying to teach their kids right and wrong. They're trying to do the best thing for their kid. Like that is what we all have Mm -hmm. in common. And so if there is a different way that we can teach right and wrong, that looks different than maybe the way that we were raised, right? Like I wasn't spanked. I don't know that experience. I think, you know, like Aliza, what you were saying is that just wouldn't come to my consciousness because I just, I wasn't exposed to that. Mm -hmm. But then the question is, is like, I don't feel like the answer is spanking or nothing. There have, you know, like what is, what is the way that we teach right and wrong in an effective way? Like, what does that actually look like? Mm -hmm. And part of that is also what is your individual family's belief in right and wrong? Like, cause each of us is going to have, I mean, we probably all have, you know, in the same ballpark, many similar boxes checked for what we're hoping for. But of course, your values are going to be individual to your family. And so it's it's for nobody to say what any family should be focusing on. Mm. You got to focus on what you feel is right and honors your own values. We can't do that without exploring our experience growing up and pulling from it the parts that we loved and getting rid of the parts that we don't. And you can't get rid of the way you were parented and having it be reflected in your parenting without these conversations, because then you're not conscious of it. It just happens. Like you said, it's just like, you don't think about it. You're not studying it. You're just like, this is what you do right now. Oh, and how many of us have found times when something came out of our mouths and we're like, oh my God, I just turned into one of my parents and you didn't (laughs) think about it. Right. (laughs) So figuring out with your co-parent what you're looking for and what that means and what your primary values are and what are the steps to get to them. I mean, I think it's a tremendously effective practice to have a family mission statement because you can always make that your North star. Mm -hmm. Like in this family, we believe, and you know, you pick your top three values, not to make it super technical, but sometimes you need that before it's authentic. And there's lots of research that when you have a mission statement, personal mission statement, family mission statement, community mission statement, you have this North star that helps you get much closer to it. And you know, and you also give yourself, as you said, grace so that when you blow it, you don't spank yourself because we're, we're all going to blow it. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break to talk about One Skin. And if you've been here a while, you know we both love products that help keep our skin youthful and healthy. Since having kids, our skin has needed a lot more TLC. And One Skin is so cool. They harness the science of aging to develop products that extend the length of time that skin is healthy and youthful. And because you're a listener and Meaningful Living, you get an amazing discount. One Skin's topical daily moisturizer is fabulous. It's powered by their proprietary peptide, OS1, which is the first peptide scientifically proven to reduce the biological age of skin. Since using it, I've noticed the biggest change in my skin, less wrinkles, my skin smoother and more hydrated and just more firm overall. 
The coolest part is it's not just a quick fix, but when you routinely use it two times a day, it actually brings long-term change deep into your skin. The ingredients are amazing. They're clean, vegan, and thoughtfully selected. And it's such a simple routine, which we of course need to be consistent with any regimen. OS1 is designed to be an all-in-one solution. And the experts behind the brand are women, which you also know we love because they just get it and they know what we need. So join us this new year and get yourself One Skin for healthy and youthful skin. Visit oneskin.co slash living and use code living for 15% off your first purchase. The code applies to one-time purchases and the first order of subscription purchases. That's O-N-E-S-K-I-N dot C-O slash living and use code living for 15% off your first purchase. Now let's get back to this episode. And then in terms of actually effective discipline, you have to figure out what are you, what does that mean for you? And it goes back to your point about what works. What does working mean? If you're looking for compliance and everybody on Instagram is talking about relationship, it doesn't help you to hear about (laughs) connecting with your child and communicating with them and giving them reasons behind things because you're like, that's great. I want a kid who's compliant, who listens to me and who's respectful. And so I'm going to disregard what those people are saying because they're not even acknowledging the value of compliance. And that's where I think we get in these places in the world where people just like stay in their own social bubbles and like don't get to know other people because it's just like, oh, our values aren't aligned. We don't believe in the same things. I'm right. You're wrong. That's that. And I think parenting hits that so hard. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I can't give any right answers here, but I do think there's a luxury in saying like, I don't particularly care about compliance with my kids. I have two daughters who are by nature compliant. So their rule breaking activity, I mean, by the way, there's still time. So let's talk again next year because I have a ninth grader, but their rule breaking is easier for me to manage. It doesn't really turn me into like, it doesn't freak me out. I'm not looking to the future of them getting into all this trouble because I haven't figured out how to get them to understand how to listen because it's, there's no stakes. There's no, there are no stakes. If I can't say that I would feel that way if I had a child who, if I open the door, if I keep the door unlocked, would run out into the street. Like those are two very different kids that we're talking about. And so, and then there's just values again, like, you know, when you have a relationship with your parents where it's about compliance, in my mind, the reason I wasn't choosing that is because that's, you know, that kind of parenting, that sort of, because I said so parenting from back in the day, doesn't necessarily lend itself well to telling the truth to your parents. Like we, we know that kids in high school lie more to the parents who are, because I said, so parents who are fear-based because they'd rather go to the police. They'd rather get sent to the hospital or to the police than to their parent. Who's going to scare the shit out of them. Mm -hmm. I just cursed. I'm so sorry. So that's okay. And you're you're getting uh, a spanking. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the that's the stuff to think about is like what am i looking for so for some families they're not looking to like have their teenager call them when they're in trouble they're looking for them to get to the police station and learn the lesson that way you see mm. you really need to know what 
you're looking for in order to really make the decision about how to quote unquote discipline. Yeah. Having said that, you can have a compliant kid without focusing on relationship and connection without spanking because there's also ways to discipline and discipline means to teach. That's all it means. And so if you're thinking about disciples, like that's where it comes from, you're teaching. And that Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with being spanking or punishing. It has to do with teaching. So our modern brains have translated that into, it must be about punishment because of the language, like the rod. But it doesn't have to be about punishment if that's not the most effective way to discipline. It's just what we know. And I think, again, it goes back to showing other people, like if you're going home for the holidays and your parents are watching you discipline your kid and they're like, you're not even respected. You're not a disciplinarian. What are you doing? You're probably going to go into your child like brain of feeling shame and like Mm -hmm. not even see clearly. And that's going to be probably a very high likelihood of a time when you lose your cool with your kids because you are so frustrated that they're making you already triggered. Yeah. yeah, it's it's tr- you're triggered by the judgment of your family, and then you want to show your kid that you ha- mean business, and then it's like this. <laughs> then you can get the approval of your parents, and right. then you hate yourself for doing it because you promised yourself you wouldn't. I mean, family time. This is the holiday season is just like ripe <laughs> for that stuff. Oh, so yeah. it's a really good time to go in with intention of I am going to give very clear boundaries to my child or children. I'm going to let them know what I accept and what is not acceptable. And I'm going to, you know, do the following things to stop myself when I feel my blood boiling and my brain going into that red zone of like, I can't think, I can't see straight. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to make a good choice. Totally. That's why we smoke weed. (laughs) (laughs) That I was just thinking about at this conversation this morning with a, a really good friend and we were talking about discipline and spanking because I, I knew I had this podcast coming up and she's like, you know, it's interesting. Think about dog training. They only reward for positive reinforcement. Yep. And it's not like negative punishment. It's only for positive reinforcement. And she said, and if you want to take it a step further, she's like, I'm not sure about Tennessee, but if you are caught hitting a dog you can get you can get reported for animal abuse and i'm like wow so that's for a dog think about kids i know spanking is actually not illegal in many states so you can spank your child i again want to just state for the record that i am not a fan of spanking and i i really encourage parents to come up with other solutions and happy to be there to talk through them but it's absolutely true that yeah you can't do that to an animal and also we've seen with animal behavior i think that's a great example you know from dog training that positive reinforcement and then in you know spreading it out so you start with every single time they do the behavior that you want you give them a treat and then you start to do the treats intermittently so that they don't expect it so they keep doing the good behavior and you get yourself a great dog, well-behaved, well-trained, compliant mm-hmm. dog. But when you beat the dogs, they are also fearful and bite other dogs and bite other people because they're expecting bad stuff to happen. And so it's the same. Th- that's 
those that's animals. We're all animals. That stuff works mm. like clockwork. Again, I I like a little more nuanced form where we're not just thinking about compliance, but we're growing the relationship so that our children are not just motivated for the for our approval, but also motivated because this is the person they want to grow into and they, you know, trust us and respect us. But for compliance, I mean, positive reinforcement is really easy to do and much, much more effective. Way more effective. I, you know, I think about sometimes like when we zoom out, because I think both of you talked about that and it's so helpful. I think when we zoom out and we think about what do we actually want to do. And I think the kids where we are so focused on obedience, right? Like a kid that maybe needs more structure or things like that. I always think that when they're labeled as the mischievous child or they're labeled as a kid that needs a spanking or they're labeled in that way, we're almost putting that in their head that they're almost a bad kid. And I think like the only way for a kid that needs more structure to really get there, I shouldn't say the only way, but like a really important way is really to build up that self-esteem and really for their parents above else to believe in them and to see that they're a good kid and, and help them with that. And so it's funny. I, my, my dad's favorite book growing up was Curious George. And so when Bryce was born, we got these Curious George books. And like, I started reading them to him and I had this feeling of just like, George is this bad monkey all the time. It's like, he's this mischievous monkey. Like they call it Curious George, but they're not rewarding the curiosity. They're really just kind of punishing him. And I started like, that was the first time it kind of clicked of like, well, if that's how Curious George is always labeled, that's going to be what he believes. And so he's always going to do things in that way. It's such a silly example, but that's sometimes how I think about discipline. One yeah, other no, thought it's I had. a great example. That I don't even know. I mean, I agree with you, Jess. And it's funny from a kid's perspective. I try to go there and think. And if you want to, if we want to use the Bible, like we've, well, like we've said as a reference to how we discipline it, I found myself noticing, all right, if, if you do that, you're going to get spanked. But if you don't, but if you do that, you just get time out. And all of a sudden it puts a, and I know there's different consequences to all of our actions and some things require jail time and some require, you know, whatever, but as a child and a parent situation, I almost, if we're showing up as our best selves, it's, it's so much more rewarding and effective to use every opportunity, even if they, even if they're acting out to teach them a lesson and to show them how you're supposed to handle it. Even at times where I've lost my cool and I didn't spank, but I definitely raised my voice and got pretty aggressive. Like, like I saw as a child, and I could tell my our three year old daughter got very her feelings hurt, you know, and she got scared and she got upset. And I thought, man, that's terrible. And instead of like like I could have done and just not not acknowledge it and maintain the I'm the stronger, bigger, you know, whatever you got to do what I say. I was able to come to her level and just say, "Hey, Daddy's really sorry. I should not have talked to you that way." And 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 realize the importance of the repair. Yeah. And, and relationship, right? Like you talked about like, yeah, that probably helped with compliance actually, because she now still trusts me, mm -hmm. but it's the relationship where for me and Haley, it's, yeah, we want to have compliant kids, but we also want to have kids that trust us and that want to talk to us about things. Cause I didn't, I loved my parents. I do love my parents. They were, they were great parents, but I didn't trust them. I didn't want to talk to them about everything because I knew most of what I would do would require spanking before I could talk to them <laughs> or, or some sort of discipline that they would feel like they had to do, right? If it was something that was bad. And so we, 
you know, we, we don't want that with our kids because we've also seen now other parents who have relationships with their children or even our friends that have relationships with their parents where they're like, no, I tell my mom everything. I tell my dad everything. And I'm like, like everything? And they're like, yo, everything. And I'm like, even parents, they're like, yo, my kids tell me too much. I don't even want to know some of the stuff they tell me. And I'm like, wow, I can't imagine. So anyways, that being said, I think that's, that's, the, that's the goal for us as parents and in our family to have close relationship and trust that where they want to, where they enjoy being around us and they want to come back forever and, you know, see us and all that kind of stuff. So that being said, it's nice to just know, like, let's, let's, let's use every opportunity, even if it's a high intense, you know, I'm upset. Even if we mess up, let's use that as an opportunity to communicate and build trust, you know? I mean, there you said your values and goals and, right. and it's not compliance, it's relationship. And there is no development without relationship. I mean, it's not, they're, they're inextricably linked. You'll right. just go find it somewhere else. Like if you don't find it in, in your home. So hmm. the, the one thing that, that I think might, might be helpful is thinking about when a child messes up and we're trying to teach them a lesson. So if we're thinking about consequences and punishment, if you're interested in a gauge of how to choose a punishment, if you're like, if I'm not spanking, what am I doing? If you can find the natural consequence, like if you do this, I mean, a lot of times people are like, well, you're never getting your phone again, or you're never getting TV time, or you're never getting the iPad or, you know, whatever I'm taking away your lovey. The thing is, it should make sense to the the, the crime that was committed because otherwise they're not going to learn. So it won't, it, it just doesn't translate. So mm-hmm. you have to keep, and then you're like, why do I have to keep punishing them over and over for the same thing? Well, because it didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And when you're, when you're not self-regulated, meaning when you're when you're just sort of dysregulated in that tantrum state or anger or throwing or hitting or scared, any of those things, you can't hear anybody, you can't see anybody, your brain is on survival mode. So it goes into fight, flight, freeze. Those are your three options. You've got nothing else. And so somebody yelling at you at that point only makes you more blind and deaf. And so all this time we're trying to discipline to teach a lesson. Nobody's learning any lessons. You can't be, you cannot be getting spanked and think this is obviously happening because when I hit my sister, it really was not acceptable. Like you can't think you're just like, what's happening. So, and so you have the, you're wiring your body to get scared when your parent comes toward you. And then that's not who you're going to go toward when you're feeling like you need safety. So I think that if you are set on having relationship, you want to build consequences, you know, cut to high school, your kid gets home after curfew. You could spank them, hit them, take away their phone, do whatever. But what's going to actually make sense? Lock the door. Yeah, you don't get to go out again. <laughs> Lock them out. You, 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 we, I gave you a curfew. I gave you permission to have right. space and party, and you blew it. So mm. we'll give you another chance next month. But for this month, let's start mm. again. We got to stay yeah. home. So there's no curfew because you're not going out. That makes sense. It's still a boundary. I'm not saying like it's all, you know, like let's just like cuddle. <laughs> But I think if you think of it that way, obviously a three-year-old is going to do have different things. You know, if you're throwing the Legos at your brother's head, there's a very simple consequence. You don't even need anything else. 
those Legos are going on a high shelf and we're not playing with them for the foreseeable future because your body isn't able to handle these Legos. That's all. Mm. Yep. Jess, you said that that's how your parents did it, right? My parents were like, the. I, I don't know how they learned it, but they could always match the consequence with exactly what happened wow. to like perfectly. And it it was beyond effective because it was like, it was almost like they could see into us to be like, what is it that you really desire? And that thing is now completely connected to this and, and, you know, you don't get to do it. And it was really effective. There's this story. I don't know if it was my sister or me, but they found a handle of vodka in when we were in high school in the closet and we came home and it was just sitting on the desk or like sitting on the kitchen table, like no conversation was just sitting there. And so everyone, like my sister and I knew like, okay, they had found it. So like now what? And like, they sat down, we had a conversation about it. You know, the way that we bought alcohol, we could not get that way. You know, we couldn't go to the parties for the next month, but then, you know, we were allowed to, but it was this, it was almost like, okay, they know now they know we're going to have a safe conversation about it, but we already feel terrible enough that it happened, that that almost taught us everything that we need to know, if that makes sense. You're a dandelion too. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) Something that you pointed out that I think is, is interesting is that everybody took their breath. Everybody had their pause before there was any conversation about anything so that because we know that parents that are more self-regulated have kids that are more self-regulated and kids that are self-regulated don't need to be spanked because nobody's mad at them because they're following, Mm. you know, like they're dealing. So, but you can't, you can't be self-regulated when you're little because your brain doesn't have capacity yet. So you're learning with the adults helping you along. So I think that that, that example, of course, you were quite a bit older, but it's the same thing. It's like, First, we're going to breathe through this, like do the thing that we need to do to get ourselves into a space of being reasonable humans, which actually your dad did. It sounds like pretty remarkably. And if you do yell, you're going to say that was unnecessary. <laughs> like I, I went into my, I flipped my lid and I am sorry about that. And now we can breathe together and repair and we'll talk about what happened later. But so all of those all- things to just keep in your file of moments like if you feel out of control, it's not the time to discipline anyway. That's great. That's great. great. As opposed to feeling the opposite. Like I'm feeling, yeah. Because naturally you want to discipline and try to. Right then and there. (laughs) Right. Because you're feeling this. Also, I think just to your point, both the y'all's points, if there is a way to match the discipline with the, or the consequence with the action, isn't that life? I mean, that sets them up. Totally. That I just feel like that's that's a good example of setting them up for for life after they're eighteen or after they move out or after they're not getting spanked anymore because yeah, there was a time they're where bigger spankings than you didn't do, <laughs> spankings didn't even hurt before you know at some point I was like all right you know like the consequence is is minimal but then you you get into real life and you realize like oh consequences are real and my actions do have reactions and. And I'm sure, Jess, you learned that a lot easier than I probably did, (laughs) you know? It's a really good point to also add to what you're teaching is because, yeah, you don't want to walk through life thinking, I just want to avoid getting spanked and then it's fine. Like I can get away with it. I mean, I think that's where the lying behaviors. So anybody who was spanked or had parents that were super yelly, authoritarian, like kind of. Because I said so. Because I said so. 
they're the best liars in the world. And they could get away with so much stuff because they're mm. like, I know how to avoid getting in trouble. <laughs> like that is a skill. <laughs> but then what happens when you get busted? I was raising my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I better watch out. <laughs> oh, I could I'm get obsessed. away with anything with my parents because I learned how to just, you know, work around it. it all. Work around it. Yeah. It's always the same summary of like in life with parenting, which is kids are so much smarter than we give them credit for and they figure it out, right? Like what whatever we put there, they're going to figure out a way around. I'm obsessed with this conversation though. I feel like I've learned so much and I just love this ability to have some, have a conversation that's so taboo and so, so taboo so taboo. And there's so much shame and so much judgment. And there's so many different camps of thought that I really like actually having a conversation where you just put all of that aside and we can actually talk about what is underlying here and and what does this mean and what do we do? I love conversations that are uncomfortable. I think uh, having conversations that are uncomfortable are the best kind because like you said earlier, we could just choose to not be around people that don't see completely eye to eye and learn all of and have conversations without, without putting the judgment and shame in the middle and just be able to say, Hey, there's not a right or wrong, but let me learn and grow because yeah, I've personally changed what I think about spanking and, and kind of my perspective on it just by talking to people and even just talking to you guys like, Oh yeah, all of it makes total sense. And just having a different perspectives than the one that I had growing up. And ultimately in order to do that, you have to be willing to, to get a little uncomfortable and talk about things like spanking. And as I've noticed, I didn't even realize that would be a conversation that goes into the uncomfortable basket. But as you, as we're all, all of our friends are now parents, it's not the thing we sit down at dinner and say, so do you guys spank or not? You know what I mean? Like yeah. you may get into it, but I just think it's important and really fun. And to your point, Jess, I just, I love it. And I, you know, I think it's a really cool place if we can all get to a place of less judgment and just open, you know, being accepting and open. And even if you disagree, you know, it's, it's awesome. What a dream to be able to do that. I'm very grateful to have been included here today because I really, I agree. This is not a conversation that I usually get to have. And I was so, it's so interesting to hear your perspective. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. Please follow the show, rate, and don't hesitate to write a little review. We also have a voicemail box you can call to ask us any questions, tell us the topics you'd like covered, or just share where you're struggling and how you could use some extra support. Call 833-444-FULL or 833-444-3855. We want to hear from you. And tune in every Monday for a new episode of Meaningful Living. And if you're looking for more ways to live a meaningful life, follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com. And don't forget with two L's. Can't wait to see you next week.